Welcome to Hashtag Scripture, your sophisticatedly ratchet word delivery system. Call us delivery because we are serving you the word, the word of God with extra sauce, like your favorite sauce, your favorite, favorite, favorite sauce. On Hashtag Scripture, we discuss everyday topics informed by an everlasting God. Before we pass, before we start, I just want to let you know that you are legally bound by starting this podcast to go and share it with your friends. So we want you to share it with anybody who's been hurt by the church in the past or anybody has caused people to leave the church. You know, you have some serial offenders who are causing people to leave the church in your church. Go and hit them up and send them this podcast in Jesus name. Amen. Um, Also, you can find us on Twitter at HT Scripture and Instagram, Facebook, other stuff soundcloud itunes and patreon and google podcasts and just everywhere there's something else and we've got a website now www.hashtagscripture.com you can find us at all those places hashtag scripture it's all the same except for twitter which is at ht scripture let's get into it why do i feel like i'm talking so much okay so the word on the street is we're eager to take them to church, but we're not bothered to keep them there. Because when they get there, we're not welcoming, we're overbearing, we're judgmental, and we're just really yucky, to be honest. And on the other hand, we're really not even, like, do we even need to go to church anyway? Like, what's the point? Do we need to? Is there a point? Mm. Let's, let's talk about it. So in today's episode, we will be discussing how often should we go to church? Do you have to go to church to be a Christian? Um, Is church attendance compulsory? And then we will be trying to figure out how to prevent church hurt. How do you prevent church hurt? So again, listen up to the whole thing or make sure you get all the way to the end of the episode. How often should we go to church? Do we need to go to church? Is church really important? And then how do we prevent church hurt? So let's get into it. Section one. Mm. So how often should we go to church? Do you have to go to church to be a Christian for me? Okay. So before we start, we want to dedicate this episode. Oh yeah. And I'm for me and she's Tina. Um, (laughs) Welcome to hashtag scripture. Um, Before we start, we want to dedicate this episode to anyone and everyone who's ever felt mistreated by the church, even if you're still in it or if you've left, and especially those who have been abused by the church, may God comfort you and strengthen you and give you peace and mend your heart. And in Jesus' name. Okay, so my stance on it is you don't need to go to church every day to be a Christian. That should be a given. Everybody should kind of know that. Um, Joyce Meyer has a really great saying that's like standing in a garage doesn't make you a car standing in the church doesn't make you a Christian doing the most in the church does not make you a Christian you can just be there you can be doing all the things but you can still not be a Christian Christianity is a heart condition and it is a journey so you just being in the church by proximity doesn't make you a Christian, no. And conversely, just because you're not in the church doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. So now that's out of the way, Mm -hmm. I just want to say that woe unto Christians who judge themselves or other people by how often they go to church or the frequency of their church attendance. Mm -hmm. Because that is just not, it's not a measure of how Christian someone is if there's even such a thing. Either you are or you aren't a Christian. There isn't like Obviously, there's levels within Christianity, but you can't be more Christian than someone else. Like, Mm. I want us to kind of stop getting that way of thinking like, oh, you can be a level one Christian or a level two Christian. You can be a baby Christian and a mature Christian, but it's not like, oh, there's level 10 and there's level 9,000. Over 9,000. Like, there's no super Zayn. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we're all all part of the body of Christ. God loves us all the same. Whether you're the rubbish Christian who always gets everything wrong or you're the best of the best and you're basically Jesus and you're doing all the right things, Jesus loves us all all the same yeah so let's just Definitely. stop telling people otherwise because mm-hmm. it's not true mm-hmm. now one thing that I do want to address is that if we feel like we don't have to go to church we can do it all alone like our faith is private I can I can be a Christian in my bedroom you know I don't need I don't need the church the church is this that and the other because everybody's a hypocrite I and mean, if when you have that type of mentality that's for me it's a bit of a problem because whilst all those things might be true it kind of, it shows a condition in your heart that you need to address because you can't think that 
just because you don't need the church that the church doesn't need you mm. and I think that the devil has really li- <laughs> the mm. devil has really lied to us and told us like oh your faith is private you know your faith is between you and God it's not that's a lie of the devil go and check the Bible it doesn't say that anywhere where does mm. it say oh my faith is between me and God who says that in the Bible I can't think of one scripture and it's not like I have a look child because it would be easier for me to just justify my own behavior if that was what the Bible said but it doesn't the Bible says that we are accountable for one another that rather than being like Cain who's saying I'm not my brother's keeper the Bible rather says you are your brother's keeper and bear with one another in love bear each other's burdens and help each other and and, and be accountable to each other but rather than when we're in the world we say oh no you know I don't need the church I don't need people I can just do it by myself blah 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 no man is an island mm. do you know what I mean and if you think that you can do it by yourself, not only are you wrong, but you're also stupid. Mm. And I just want you to, I just want to tell you also a fool. If you think you can do everything by yourself, you're a fool because you can't be the, the person who raises the sheep, the person who kills the sheep, the person who cooks the sheep, the person who <laughs> does the, is the doctor of the people who are eating the sheep, mm-hmm. the person who is doing the cleaning up. You can't do <laughs> all of it by yourself. You actually can't. Um, you know, and like, obviously I should have probably got the scripture because it's a very common scripture and we always use it all the time. I'm sure it's like First Corinthians 14 or something where it talks about the members of the body and there's different members to do different things. Like yeah. it's between First Corinthians 12 and 14. You can read the whole thing because it's all very good. Um, and, you know, it talks about, you know, we that every every person is a member of the body of Christ and as the body of Christ you on your own can't do one thing as a one individual cell of a body I think we actually know that it doesn't take a rocket science or a a biologist to know that by yourself you can't do anything it doesn't take a rocket science to know that if I have eyes in my eye sockets and I take my eyes out and I put them in the cupboard they actually can't see that's not rocket science. Do you know what I mean? You, your eyes need to be in your head so that your brain can process the information. But if your brain can process the information, but you don't have the rest of your body to be able to react, then what's the point of having eyes? Do you know what I mean? Like you need all of these things working in tandem to be able to be a, a, a body that's accurate. Mm. Um, accurate? I don't know. Fully functioning body, mm. right? Um yeah, um, so we've got we've got things in the Bible that say like iron sharpens iron, um, bear one another's burdens. Um, even in in Ezekiel, um, God tells Ezekiel like, listen, you're the watchman, and you are to tell people when they're going wrong. And if you don't tell them, then their lives are on your are like in your hands. Like you're held accountable. That blood is on your hands if anything happens. If they don't, you know find the right way or whatever so we are accountable so much so that God says I'm blaming you if you don't tell people that they've gone wrong and you don't tell people and you, or you don't invite people or you don't um lead people to the church like I'm not he's not saying okay you have to tackle them and kidnap them and store them in the church in the basement no but he's saying if you don't tell them then I'm holding you accountable so it's really serious about how much God expects us to be kind of like interwoven together. And it's about us being a family and stuff. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know why people, <laughs> I don't know why people are so averse to like being a family and being part of the body of Christ. I can't really understand that. And I think it's because we've not understood what, what, what this is properly. And we've not understood that when you accept Jesus, you become a co-heir with him. So you become his brother and you become his sister and you become brothers and sisters with all of his brothers and sisters god adopts you into a family when we go to heaven do you think that what what is it you're going to be in your own your own shack by yourself you're not going to talk to no one is that what it's going to be i don't understand i really don't get it like i'm so confused as to what people think this thing is about how can you be going on saying that oh i don't need the church the church is full of hypocrites are you two not a hypocrite or you're you're so super that you're not a hypocrite but everybody in the church is a hypocrite but not you right 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 so i don't know and i just think that if you're the type of christian who thinks that you don't need to go to church ever then you are not a mature christian and i know that probably will shake a a few feathers a couple of people will be like well what does she know Mm -hmm. but it's true come on let's be serious because at the end of the day like i said before 
even if you don't need the church, the church needs you. People, if you have got all you need from God and you don't need another man of God to come and tell you nothing again, you don't need another woman of God to ever come and speak to you again. But what about what the church needs from you? That gift that you have, that voice that you have, that smile that you have, that um, that hospitality that you have, your organization, your helpfulness, this, that and the other. Even if it will be your money or your time or just filling the seat, whatever you want to do. Like the church needs you to be there. The church needs you because we are a community. So if you're so selfish that you won't now bear with other people because they're such hypocrites, but you can't forgive them like Christ forgave you, then I don't really know. That to me seems like really immature and really selfish. But that's just me, honey. I've got a couple of scriptures here. Um, Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. I'll read that again. Not neglecting to meet together um, as is the habit of some. And that's shade, by the way, if you can't recognize shade, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more, as you see the day drawing near, Matthew 12, 30 says, whoever is not with me is against me and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Now that's slightly different because it's talking about gathering people to the church, evangelizing, going and getting people, but also it's talking about holding the church together as well. So if you're not holding the church together, then you are scattering it. Do you know what I mean? If you're going around telling people, I don't go to church because this, that and the other, and people are bad and this and that and the other. If you're not understanding the concept of grace and mercy, that same grace and mercy that God is trying to give you, then you're scattering because you're those people who you're now coming and bitching about the church to are now thinking, well, I'm not going to go to church then. Why would I go to church if church is so bad? Do you know what I mean? So we have to, we have to consider like the words that we say against the body of Christ. Remember, this is Christ's body, that church. We're not buildings, we're bodies. So it's really important to remember, you can't just be bad mouth in the body of Christ. Can you say that again? We're not, we're not buildings, we're bodies. I love Hallelujah. That. I love that. <laughs> um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And then Acts 20, oh, Acts 2, 46 then says, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food and with gladness and simplicity of heart. Daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. Daily. This time, some tips, your pastor's not even asking you to come daily. He's just asking you to come on a Sunday. Literally. And you have a problem with coming on a Sunday mm. to bless the members of Christ and bless the church. Even if you don't want to be in church, involved, just go and bless somebody. Just go and help somebody. And you think, oh, I'm blessing people outside the church. Yeah, okay, but can't you do it inside the church community as well? Is that a problem? So the people that God has accepted, you can't accept. Why are you better? What What is it? I don't understand why we... We hate the body of Christ, but we're part of the body of Christ. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Facts. Um, Acts 5, sorry, I'm going on with these scriptures, but I think it's important just to emphasize and hit the point home. So Acts 5, 42, and daily, again, daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Daily, daily. It tells us to exhort each other daily in Hebrews 3, 13, but exhort one another daily daily while it's still called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin this again is about accountability and encouragement so it says exhort one another daily while it's still called today how many of us know that today is always called today mm -hmm. and that tomorrow when we get there will also be called today how today, many of us know, know that today. that today doesn't run out until it finishes and then time finishes and you won't need to go to church because it's over right so if god is saying daily we need to we need to um exhort each other and encourage each other and fellowship with each other because we need to hold each other accountable for sin and not let each other fall but then somebody will come and correct you and you'll be saying eh, but why are you correcting me da -da 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 -da. what are you serious so you're beyond correction right in proverbs it talks about you basically being a fool and an idiot if you can't accept correction right so Let's just, oh, I don't know, man. Let's just calm down and let's be selfless and want to help the church and want to be part of that family that God has adopted us into the family. God has said, you are part of my body. You are part of my family. Let's not be like the prodigal son and be like, no, nah, I'm cool, thanks. I don't want to be part of your family. To a whole God, you know, a God who forgave you, but you can't forgive others. Just be careful with that kind of attitude. But again, you don't need to go to church every day to be a Christian, but it's definitely like a heart check type of issue and something we should be looking at if we don't if we feel like we don't want to go to church and see the brethren 
at least once a week, but I would say more than once a week. Is that clear? Does that answer the question? Yeah. Okay. I think I I agree with the sentiments that um, Fumi has echoed. And I'll just add a little bit because she's pretty much covered it. But in the in the same way school is important for education and army barracks are important for soldiers and hospitals are important for sick people, as well as for the doctors and nurses, it's the exact same way the church is important for the saints. Um, we have this attitude that when it comes to the things of God or things in the kingdom, we can take it or leave it. And I was having a discussion with some of my students today that they feel like, oh, we don't because we don't have set rules for how we're supposed to congregate or set rules for how we're supposed to pray and fellowship. Therefore, we can just do whatever we want. And I need you to understand that that's not the case. The case is not you can just take it or leave it or some bits of the Bible I will ascribe to and some bits of the Bible I will not ascribe to. Um, Praying consistently, giving consistently, reading your Bible consistently and going to church consistently are all one and the same. And um, I think we really need to understand that we can't just take it or leave it or some bits, oh, I like this part of Christendom and I dislike this part of Christendom. That's not how it works. And I think we do each other a disservice and we do the body of Christ a disservice. Yeah. When we just have this take it or leave it, pick and mix kind of attitude. In the early church, everything was centered around around church. As for me read, daily they were gathering, you know, gathering, fellowshipping. Everything happened in literally Solomon's porch, is like my favorite place ever. Everything went everything went down. It's like the trap house. Everything went down in Solomon's porch. Like literally everything. Um, and everything went down together. They were all together always. In the beginning of time, we see all our welfare services centered around the church, education, healthcare, orphanages, um, politics, and even more. Even Sunday trading hours um, is, an, is an indication of how important um, gathering on a Sunday is. And I think that what we've what we're seeing now is this postmodern pick and mix era of society that's convinced many people that you don't need to go to church in order to be a Christian. And yes, absolutely, you do not need to go to church in order to be a Christian, but you need to go to church in order to be an effective Christian. And I think those are those, that's that's the difference. I'm not saying you have to go every week, but you do have to go. It doesn't make you um it doesn't make you a Christian going to church, but it does shape you. It does mold you. Iron, sharp, iron sharpens iron. And there's so many different things that I think we can, I think for anybody who argues against going to church has a real issue mm-hmm. because it doesn't, it doesn't actually make sense. Even if you think about, okay, so you don't have to go to schools in order to be educated. You can be homeschooled. You can all have all of these different forms of education. But there is a structure there. You know, there is um, a form of gathering there. Even when you're homeschooled, you know that most homeschool happens with two to three kids. It's not just you alone, one, and then a tutor comes in. It's because, and it's important. And they always say that homeschool, homeschooling will not, um, take care of the social issues that we need to learn there's yeah. a lot of a lot of the time we have issues with um emotional intelligence and you know me and for me also want people who are on the spectrum or right. like you know, right. that's people a lot of you guys real social issues <laughs> like an inability to, to to communicate effectively with other people and this is the exact same thing we have to understand that going to church yes it will not make you doesn't make you a Christian either, does it not make you a Christian? But it does do a lot of important things. And I'm going to highlight just a few of them that I could think of. I mean, there's like a hundred, but just a few of them that I can highlight. One, it's a way of showing our love for God. Okay. Um, even in Judaism, they take public worship really, really important because it's a declaration to God. Bible says you should love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. How can you do that if you're not doing, if you're not the whole of you, the entirety of you, no man is an island, which means that you're supposed to congregate fellowship. If everything you are, your public persona, your private persona is supposed to worship and serve God. Going to church is a tangible expression of our love for God. It is where we gather together to publicly show our faith and trust in God. something that is required of all Christians. It's not, there isn't a type of Christian who doesn't need to go to church. It's required of all Christians. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 33, I lied. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 to 33, it says, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my father in heaven. So this issue that you have, okay, I only pray in private. I don't want to pray in public. Um, I don't want to, you can't pray in public. You can't worship in public. You can't sing in public is an issue yeah so the church is also where we go to praise to thank and to honor our father and it's so important for us to remember that in order for us to completely full out fulfill the requirements of worshiping and serving and honoring our father that has to happen in the presence of other people um psalms 22 verse 22 says i will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly i will praise you 
I mean, I love these. I love these passages because if for me, it's like, I love worshiping by myself. Cool. But I also love to worship with other people. I love going to worship events. I love going to, to church and just seeing other people just really worship and connect with God. It says, I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. And um, for most people, the main reason why they go to church is personal. I understand that so that they can be blessed. Although there are Although there is nothing wrong with this, we must not forget that the primary purpose of this corporal gathering is actually to bring service to God as a blessing to him because the Lord deserves to be honored with the service and devotion. He deserves it. He deserves to be worshipped. He deserves to be... You deserve it. You deserve it. He deserves it. He deserves all the praise. He deserves all the glory. He deserves all the honor. I mean, as, as to echo what Fumi says, if you think you're going to go to heaven and you're just going to be in your mansion, just, just eating chilling by yourself, by yourself. Have to, there was nothing. What? There was nothing in the book of Revelation that says that. What a stupid in, idea. Instead, I see um, all the angels, all the saints, you know, gathering, gathering together, worshiping, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Around. Hosanna, worthy to be praised. You know, together. everyone's there at the foot of 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 God, you know, there's no, worshiping there's no thing like your prayer closet. In, there's in no, heaven, there's you know? no nothing like that. And so, I need you guys to understand that it's part of our service and our worship to God. It's part of our requirements, part of our contractual agreement. It's part of the covenant to worship with God, to worship with other people, and to serve Him in the presence of other people. Psalms one three four verse two says, "Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord in the sanctuary." Where is the sanctuary? We lift our hands in the sanctuary. We lift our hands to give you the glory. We lift our hands to give you the praise. And we will praise you for the rest of our days. Yes, we will praise you for the rest of our days. Jesus, come on. We give you the praise. Emmanuel. What we do? We lift up your name. When, when? Heavenly Father. Coming Messiah, and we will praise you for the rest of our days. <laughs> Listen, I can literally say yes. Whoa, okay, then let's stop. Okay, so we lift up our hands. Listen, if Tina keeps bringing these scriptures, you know that the rest of the podcast is <laughs> going to be singing. So you need to blame her, not me, for that. And I just want you to make the clear distinction that the blame is on her, not me. Okay, go. Revelations 4.11 says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor. Don't sing. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Okay? You are worthy to receive all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. That's what they're doing in heaven. They are literally heaven's choirs heaven's angels all the people that have gone before us all the saints are worshiping god with other people you can't hate people and be a christian i don't know if you understand this or not like you actually have to i mean we're not people who i I know people who particularly, like my brother, not Ketchy, my other brother doesn't actually like people. Like he doesn't actually like people. But you have to like people to be a Christian. You actually have to like people. You actually have to watch. I don't know. I think you have to love people. I don't think you have to like people. You I don't particularly love, like to, many people either, but, this, but, but I love have, everybody. You love everybody, but you like enough people in order to go to work, to go to church. I mean, I don't know about all that. You I can't. Like I can't. To to I can't definitively say <laughs> that I like a I, lot of people. I have but no I comment. love everybody. You have like to. you couldn't do anything to make me not love you. It's impossible. It's, it's, you have honestly, guys. Honestly, second reason it builds us up spiritually. Yeah. Listening and understanding the word of God builds us up spiritually. More often than not, it's the words or messages or sermons that we have that we hear at church that we use to guide us through life. More often not, because a lot of you people don't read your Bible every day. So it's not a word you But you, you don't you know read. that because you don't read your Bible. <laughs> it's not a word that you read. Wow, it's a word, it's a word that, that you heard. heard. Okay? So it, it, bird, builds bird, us, bird. <laughs> the word. it builds us up spiritually. Going to church, it builds us up spiritually. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans Have 10, you 17. You know, so you hear words. So you hear testimonies from Everybody other people. And Revelations, Revelations 4. 11 says we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony so not only our testimony that builds us up but other people's testimonies that build yeah. them up i'm forever when in church when people give testimonies and i like it i'm like god i claim it this week i must have the same testimony but my portion not her one or his one mine you know it builds us up hearing words of god hearing sermons preached hearing 
I mean, imagine if Jesus literally, instead of him preaching on the mount, he went to every single person's house to preach the message. No, people gathered to hear Jesus preach on the mountainside, on the rivers, by the rivers <laughs> of Babylon. Like people gathered to hear him preach. So th- because the words that he preaches, was that Jesus preaches, was that our pastors hopefully preach our life. Some of them. Our, you know, our life. And they are life to our, what's the word of the scripture there? It's life to our flesh. Is that the scripture? To our bones. Right? Yep. The scripture that sounds like that, insert Sorry. it here. Okay? The third reason why going to church is super important is that God is in the midst of his people. Now, I'm not saying that they, me and for me are sitting here together and God is in the middle of us because it says where two or three are gathered in his name, then I am in the midst of them, Matthew 18, verse 20. But also, God is in the midst of his people when we gather. So even if it's not necessarily church as a structure, cell groups, fellowships, you know what I mean? Well, by house, church in your house, wherever it may be, when two or three are gathered in his name to worship him in spirit and in truth, he is there. Bible says that God inhabits the places of his people. You know, so he comes and dwells in the midst of his of the saints that praise and worship him it's a real important thing the fourth reason is that it provides accountability to spiritual leadership and i know a lot of people have issues with accountability and i get that i understand that you don't want to be accountable to anybody you want to just do what you want when you want it you want to move like how you want whatever but that's not biblical that's not sound and god will pull you up by your bootstraps if you continue to live your life that way as part of a church fellowship we are to recognize that we are, we are to recognize and follow the authority of spiritual leaders within the boundaries of God's word, not outside the boundaries of God's word, because that's how some people will come and get offended. But within the confines and boundaries of God's word is where we learn to recognize authority. And um, Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for mm-hmm. that would be unprofitable for you. I'm going to read that again because I know some yeah, of you didn't hear really that. Special. Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you now let's break that scripture down real quick let me break it down for you again let's break, break it, it down. down now okay so those who are us who we are accountable to okay they have a duty to watch over our souls they have a duty to you know like the shepherd and the sheep they have a duty to look after us and care for us and they have to give an account i was when i was preaching the other day i was saying do you know what there's people that god has placed in your life that you are supposed to impact for a positive way in a positive way and god is going to tell you that person you're supposed to speak to that person you're supposed to help that person you're supposed to build up what have you been doing in their life oh but god do you know they are not doing literally they have a duty to watch over you and care over you and they have to give an account over you because they have been tasked your heart has been tasked to them your spiritual growth has been tasked to them let them do so with joy and not with let them do so with joy and not with grief they shouldn't have to be trying to find you on the himalayan mountains so that they can understand (laughs) if you're okay or not can i tell a story (laughs) they shouldn't We had a visiting pastor um, a couple of weeks ago, last time I was in London, and um, he was saying how there was a woman who used to come to his church and she used to just leave immediately. She would never fellowship with anyone. She would never, no one knew her name. Like she would just leave as soon as the sermon was over. So one time he closed service, said the benediction, and then, uh, sorry. and then she she kind of like rushed off as she usually does and she had he hunted her down he went he followed her to the train station he didn't know what train she got on but he just got on the first train that he saw first carriage jumped in the train i saw her and said so why is it <laughs> and chased her down and was like why is it that you just rush off and just went and like obviously spoke to her in the train carriage on during her her um journey home but imagine like running a past a whole pastor after you finish the message running out of the church to run down don't let your pastor have to run you down that's uh, why why go on indeed. sorry no indeed so let them do so with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you not for them for you why is it unprofitable for you because they god has given them wisdom and knowledge and and revelations that will help you along your christ walk okay it's profitable for you to listen to your spiritual elders i'm not saying that you have everybody in church that's that wants to be your mentor has to be your mentor absolutely not but i'm saying that there are people who have been tasked with your care with your growth and with and with ensuring that you reach the heights that you need to reach in 
life. Okay, so it's super important to go to church. I understand that sometimes it can be taxing. I understand that people are annoying. I understand that sometimes you'd actually like to sleep on a Sunday and not have to actually do anything. Plus, trust me, we understand. Okay, but it is also equally as important to make sure that you continually and consistently fellowship and be part of a body of Christ, a physical body of Christ, as well as a spiritual body of Christ. Yeah. Um newsflash, today's newsflash is um I don't know if you've seen the BuzzFeed video that came out a couple of weeks ago or it could be who knows when you're listening to this podcast so, but there was a buzz a BuzzFeed video once upon a time um with a lady called Lisa Gungore I think I'm pronouncing I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, but whatever her name is, apologies for pronouncing your name wrongly, my my dear. But um, basically, the the video was entitled something like, um, "I stopped believing in God after I pastored a mega church," and it it was like a video of her talking about how she lost her faith because she felt like she was doing all the right stuff. And she wasn't, she felt like she wasn't getting the rewards of God. I think she had some trouble like um, trying to have a child and, you know, her, I think her husband got ill and stuff like that. And they just didn't feel like um, they were getting the rewards that you're quote unquote supposed to get when you come to Christ um, and you are, when you become a Christian. Um, and it's like, so she's, she now went on BuzzFeed to now come and say that, oh, um, she doesn't believe in God anymore and she doesn't understand the church. So she left the church. Um, yeah, and I just want, I just want to take from that, that we need to make sure that we're preaching the gospel properly to people before they get there. Because if we're telling people, if you come to Christ, he is going to heal all your sickness and he's going to make sure that you're never ill again, that you never struggle again, that you're never going to have any bill to pay again. And then people now still have bills and have to pay rent. They're going to be thinking, okay, obviously Christ is not real because he's Mm -hmm. not doing his job. Mm -hmm. But in actual fact, you might be ill if you come to Christ. There's nothing that says you will never be ill again. It just says that Jesus is able to heal you. Mm. It doesn't say that you will never ever have a cold again. Mm. You'll, you'll never have depression or you'll never have cancer. Or if you're a Christian, you, you, you can't have cancer. Or if you have cancer, you're not a Christian. It, never, it doesn't say that in the Bible. Mm. It doesn't say that if you're poor and you're broke that you can't be a Christian. On the, on the contrary, um, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about how um, the, some of the wisest people in the church are the poorest people. And we need to listen to those who, don't, who are not as well off because they probably have a lot of wisdom to give um so yeah I just want I wanted to take that away that we need to make sure that we're always being honest with people in the church and saying listen this Christian struggle it might even be harder than your struggle when you were in the world mate but it's okay because you have Jesus and he makes everything easier not like easier in a way that nothing it's is gonna happen already alright I'm trying to figure it's out it's gonna make alright what um, where she, where she connected that song Jesus, into what I was saying. The next line is Jesus made it all right, but I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> um, yeah. What do you? I mean, what do you think about that? All right, it's all right. Okay, <laughs> never mind then. <laughs> um, and actually, all Lisa Gonga, Gonga, Lisa said that um she basically responded and said she didn't know what the title of the video was going to be she didn't know it was going to be um i stopped believing in god and she said that she's not an atheist that she tried to be an atheist for one day and it didn't work and i i'm right with you there girl because i have tried to be an atheist and god was like are you dumb and i was like no god i'm not dumb so i couldn't be an atheist because it didn't work but um yeah but she lost her faith in the church i guess so she lost her faith in the church because it was not in the word of God, but in the church. No, but I personally or... feel like she, because the thing is, I watched a video a long time ago. I haven't watched it recently. And um, I remember her saying like, maybe she didn't say she stopped believing in God, but it, it felt like to me that that's what she was saying. Because I was listening to what she said and it felt like to me she was saying, well, there can't be a God if I'm going through all of these hard times. A whole pastor, but she wasn't a pastor. I think they got a lot of things wrong. She wasn't a pastor. She was a worship leader. Um, and, and this is how people she be didn't stop believing in God. In their to no, but everybody can struggle. Like, that's the thing. Everybody can struggle. Like, Mother Teresa struggled for her whole um, ministry. And it, like, it's not something that's well publicized, I suppose. But she she often questioned whether or not there even was a God. Like, I'm yeah. not even, I've never been in that situation. Where I'm like, is there or is there not a God? I've always been like, I know there's a God. Maybe not Jesus, but always God. Mm. Like, so what, my, the whole Mother Teresa was like, mm, 
I don't know. Sometimes sometimes I feel like he's there, sometimes I don't. And she always challenges her faith. So I think it's fine to challenge your faith mm. and it's fine to even have a sip and feel like, oh, I don't know if I believe in God today. Mm. But like you have to be grounded and be able to come back, not just write the church off and be like, okay, because people are trash, that means they can't be a God because that doesn't make sense. Mm. And that just feels like you don't know what God is supposed to be. Yeah. Okie dokes. How would you respond to somebody who said, oh, I, I went to the church and... You know, I was still going through these hardships in my life. So now I'm not a Christian anymore. I don't believe in God. I think for me, it would have to de- depend on what the actual circumstance or the issue is that they're, that they're dealing with, because that's the real issue. Not necessarily the fact that, you know, the church has done them wrong. Um, if, if you've gone through something and you've prayed and you feel like God hasn't answered you, then there is a specific uh, I think we can look at it on a more specific um, basis. But for me personally, when people say, oh, I don't believe in God anymore because of this or that, um, I can't, can I even remember? What, what, would I, what would I have said or what would I say? Um, God is going to be real. God is always real. God is always God. God is always present. He will never cease to be God irrespective of whether you believe in him or not Mm. and that's the first thing is that you can say to yourself you can say i don't believe in god but that doesn't negate the fact that there is god and he will forever be god okay your belief in him or your disbelief in him doesn't make him any more or any less real and that's the first thing second of all um i think we have to understand and we all struggle we all go through periods and time where um, our faith is challenged and we feel like God is not our friend. He's not listening. <laughs> Me, I have that all the time. You know, God is not my friend. He's not listening. Or, you know, why is my life like this? Or why is that? He is sovereign and he he knows what you're going through. And sometimes he, he just... knows my name. Okay, go. You should just, just finish it. <laughs> <laughs> he sees each tear that falls and he hears me when i call okay yes so what she said Mm. (laughs) um he does see he does hear and it's just important to just stick with him it's important to just take each day as it come as it comes it's important to just realize that god is the author and finisher of your faith and that as long as you're still alive there's still purpose there's still meaning there is even though there may be hard days there is still purpose to your life god didn't promise you that he every day would be easy every day is not going to be a bed of roses and there will be some hard challenges and the the victory comes in responding to those challenges and going to god and questioning him absolutely god why did this happen i feel like sometimes we're afraid to question him and because we're afraid to question him we just say well i'm not going to question him so therefore i just don't believe in him but i challenge you to question him i challenge you to ask him i challenge you to say god why is this ha- my my husband is sick or my my father is sick or my mother is sick and i says horrible and this hurts why is this happening i challenge you to ask god bible says make your request known to the lord petition him come before him you know what i mean go before him and say god i'm struggling with this and allow him to be god in your life a lot of the times we limit god bible says that the um the the children of israel limited god they limited him because they didn't go to him when they were when they were struggling instead they turned to bow instead they turned to to other things but if you have turned to god who is your maker i guarantee i can't think of a time i'm looking in the bible trying to think of a time where god let anybody down and I can't. And it's just our perspective of what we think that yeah, letting down is. Exactly, because at the end, of, you're, exactly. you're, you're still, you still have life in your body. And it's God that's sustainable of life. You know what I mean? You, and so I think we have to realize that our perception of God letting us down is really not what it is. That God, it's impossible. If you think about the concept of God, it's impossible for him to fail. He can't fail you this impossible if I'm, I'm sure he even wants to because we're annoying i'm sure he even wants to just do you know what i'm not going to do this i'm sure he wants to but god's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and mm-hmm. there is always a meaning to everything and i know sometimes it's hard to hear that because life is hard and we are crying every day but go to god and ask him be patient be waiting. Jesus suffered. And we're, we're not, we are going to have to go through things. And it's not going to be easy, but we have to go through things. And a lot of the time we need to separate our, what people do to us from what God is doing. You mm-hmm. know, So if people hurt you, 
that's not God. If the church hurts you, that's not God. Okay, it really isn't. It really isn't God. So we have to really separate the two and find a, a clear distinction. Life is hard. I mean, we've had an episode on this already. Like, why do bad things happen to good people? Mm. You know, there was no definitive answer. Uh, we wish we could tell you. We know in that episode, we covered a lot of track. And we wish we could tell you, oh my gosh, you know what? This is the reason why it's happening. But we can't. We're not God and only God knows. And unfortunately, in the life that we live, it's better to go with God than go alone. Yeah, I guarantee you. So exactly. if you want to, and yes, things are hard and you want to just maybe, you know, not have hope in anything, but it's actually better statistically proven. Okay. <laughs> and biblically proven to go with God rather than going alone. Yeah. So, uh, forms, how do we prevent church hurt? Okay. Um, so I often there's this Gandhi quote, I think it's Gandhi or the Dalai Lama, but I'm pretty sure it's Gandhi. Gandhi quote that says, like, I like your Christ but not your Christians, mm-hmm. something along those lines. And I really agree with that sometimes because sometimes as Christians we're trash, but guess why? Because we're actually human, just like mm-hmm. everybody else. Mm-hmm. We're the same species. It's not that um Christians have now evolved to another species, we're the same. So of course Christians are gonna be trash, just like everybody else is trash. We're no less or no more trash than anybody else. We're just we're just all trash individuals all of us yeah number one that's what i want everyone to get into our heads nobody is perfect right nobody's perfect right but (laughs) but as christians especially within the body of christ who are especially people in authority but just generally people who are part of the church part of who consider them to be part of the church consider themselves sorry to be part of the church i have a list for you here um, that will help you to not be too trash to the point where it pushes people away and causes people to not believe in God because of how trash your behavior has been, right? So here we go. Um, listen and love as Christ did, not as evil people, not as the evil people that Christ speaks of who only love the people who they know or who are familiar to them or who look like them or dress like them or act like them, but just love everyone like Christ loves you right? It's hard. It's not easy, but it's not impossible because we have Christ living in us, right? So it's not impossible. We have to remember to listen to people. Don't just dismiss people's problems. Don't just dismiss people's points of view. Maybe their point of view is not helpful. Maybe their perspective is not helpful or their idea is not good or it's not something that can be implemented at this time. But listen to people. Don't just shut them out and ignore them because, oh, you're in authority. So you don't have to listen to these peasants. Don't do that. Yeah. As, um, as, um, leadership in the church you're actually servants as in you're actually because the bible says the least shall was it the last shall be first mm-hmm. and the first shall be last and the least is the the most and the most are the least right so as a as a leader in the church you're the least you have to have that mindset of you are the you should be the most humble but everybody's so proud especially church leaders sometimes or leadership, should I say, rather than leaders, that we're so proud that we think, oh, we're better than everyone. And people can tell that. People can discern that. Like, oh, you, this person thinks that they're better than me. So let's try and be humble. Mm. Um, let's realize that we are in all in different stages in our walk. Um, so somebody might be new. Somebody might be old. Somebody might have been in Christ for 10 years, but they're still acting like a baby Christian. But we're all in different stages of our walk with Christ. Mm. So when we're ushering people, let's usher people with love. Mm. Let it, let's combat and correct sin in love. Let's not just be telling people that God doesn't love you because you're doing that. Because mm. it's not true, number one. And number two, because it's not helpful. Um, the, the word of God said God chast- chastens those they love. Mm. What God chastens those he loves. So if you're chastening someone, it must be because you love them. Mm. Or what's the point of doing it? Just mind your business if you mm. don't love them. Mm. If you love them, let's do it gently. Let's not feel like we have to be vicious and attack Very people's gently. sin. Mm. But let's just have tact. You know, it's not hard to have tact, you know. I'm a big fan of tact. Ugh. It's really not that hard. Like, just be polite. If you're correcting somebody, be polite. If you're telling somebody, okay, this dress that you're wearing is too short. Just be polite about it. Not... Well, we we gonna cover up, right? No, don't do that. Like, just be. I'm aware when I wanna wear in the name of Jesus. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Like, let's just be calm about things. Don't be judgmental. Listen, we are all sinners. We have all done wrong stuff. Even if you stop sinning and you haven't sinned for ten years, you used to sin. There's not a single person on this earth who ever walked this earth except for Jesus who didn't sin. Not one. To the point where. For example, like Muslims don't even believe that Jesus was sinless because it's unbelievable to believe that somebody didn't sin. We all sin. So let's not act like somebody else's sin is worse than your sin. 
we're all sinners. Jesus died for us all, right? Follow up with people that you evangelize to. Don't just leave people in the wind. If somebody comes to your church as a visitor and you brought them in, don't just leave them. Okay, they're in now. My job is done. No, but the Bible calls us to disciple people, make friends with people, um, encourage people daily, the Bible says. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't just leave them to their own devices. They're in the church now, so it's up to them now. No, take them through the process. Introduce them to new people. Don't be so clicky in the church where it's like, okay, you hang out with your five friends and nobody else. You can't sit with us. No new friends, no new friends. No, don't no, no, do no. that. Like, just be open, be approachable, be friendly. It's not, I don't know. For me, I feel like it's not hard, but apparently it is. But, okay. Um, follow yeah, follow up with people who are absent from church. So if you know that somebody is regularly attending, and then all of a sudden they go AWOL without saying anything, follow up with them, check on them, give them a text. It doesn't have to be a long thing. Just be like, hi, I'm just checking up on you, see if you're okay. You don't have to be like, oh, you weren't in church today, so I wanted to check where you were because no, don't come on a hike. Just calm down. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, calm down. Even if the person is backsliding, are you God? Is it your business? Like, just calm down. Just be nice. It's oh just be nice stop being hypocrites we all do things wrong so stop pretending that you don't do nothing wrong because you see somebody doing something wrong and you want to be above it stop it and then stop with the double standards we talked about that a couple of weeks ago just stop being double 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 you know double double should only apply to your your health and your wealth you know not your not your standards um and then also i want to say how we can how you yourself as a person and an individual can prevent yourself from being church hurt is that you can stop being judgmental as well because for you to say oh people in the church are too judgmental people in the church are hypocrites that also makes you a judgmental person and I don't think people realize that about themselves if you're saying oh so 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 is judgmental then that makes you judgmental as well because it means you're judging them as judgmental and I know okay I'm going around in circles here but I think you can understand what I'm saying you also need to be forgiving and you also need to understand that everybody makes mistakes and that people have to learn and people are still growing and maybe this person is not treating you the way they should be but does that mean that you should now come and excommunicate yourself from the church no it's not an excuse to excommunicate yourself from the church and it's certainly not an excuse for you to excommunicate yourself from God because somebody hurt you who is somebody is somebody comparable to God no so you're telling me that Somebody can step on your toe in church and you'll say, do you know what? I don't believe in God anymore. What kind of rubbish is that? What kind of, obviously you didn't believe in God in the first place. Like you just, you're not aware of of who this God is. If you really think that anything that any person can do in the name of God or otherwise can ever affect the fact that God is real, then you didn't, you missed it. You didn't understand church 101. You weren't, you didn't get it. Right. Um, You have to remember that we serve a Christ who forgave the people who were murdering him whilst they were murdering him can you deep that he forgave the people who were murdering him whilst they were murdering him right so god calls us to that same forgiveness he said as i've forgiven you and you're all partakers of it when they came um at pentecost and they were telling people listen it's you they weren't saying oh and those people in the past those people um 50 days ago are the people who killed christ no he said you people have killed jesus you have done it. it his blood is on all of our hands and not in the good way blood of jesus way but the way that because of our sin that's why jesus had to die because of our sin the sin that we still commit every day right so if god can forgive us for that sin that we still commit knowing that jesus did that then surely you can forgive somebody this auntie in church who stepped on your toe or this uncle in church who told you that you look like a slag (laughs) have you seen that um those youtube videos of that that american guy he goes around saying why do you look like a slag today Sorry, I'm just saying that's such a tangent. But yeah, so you as an individual who may be church hurt, remember that you also have to forgive. It's not that everybody else should forgive, but not you. You also have to forgive and you also have to make allowances for people who are still growing, just like you are, because we are all human, not just the people in the church and not just you. Cool. Yeah. I'm done. I also think it's a double standard for you to think that everybody has hurt you and you yes, don't hurt anybody. Exactly. And a lot of people who have issues of oh people in the church and somebody did me wrong, somebody did me wrong, have those kind of you know, the um the perfection complex where they think that they are perfect mm-hmm. and beyond reproach. It's impossible for you to have encounters with ten people and they are all in the wrong and you're the only person that's in the right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you you have to have done something. You know, people are not 
well, not everybody's mad. <laughs> and that's what I don't understand. It's like, oh, somebody like, oh, this person. I mean, went, there's a lot of mad you know, people, I went though, to child. this church and somebody did this to me. I went to this church and somebody, stop church hopping, first of all, because well, you, your, your church hoppingness is an issue, okay? And it makes you in, in a, unable to build and sustain meaningful relationships with people. And meaningful relationships with people are relationships that go, that stand against the test of time and that can weather the storm of ups and downs. It's not just in marriage that you have for better, for worse, and for richer and for poorer. Yeah. It's also in relationships. Yeah, your, you and your best friend are going to fall out. Mm. You and your sister are going to fall out. You and your girls are going to fall out. So you have to realize it's not everywhere that you go, people are doing you wrong. What have you done? Look in the mirror. The man in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Because there has to be something. There has to be something that you have done. And the church is full of imperfect people. And you two are an imperfect regular person. Regular people, just regular people, just regular. So that's a Bizzle song. We went to the Bizzle concert yesterday mm-hmm. and I'm still buzzing. I'm sorry. Okay, go. So, you know, so the church is full of imperfect people and you also are an imperfect person and you have to be careful with how you, with how you just um, brand everybody as a witch because they've hurt you. Wow. That's really not, that's really not <laughs> the people care. people do that, you know. Oh, this church is, this church is not good. The people in there did me wrong or this person, honestly, stop it. And also, I think my last point is realize that these people are not your everything. When you lower people's place in your life, um, what they do to you becomes less impactful. And it took me a really long time to get this. But I look at every, I used to look at everybody like, like, oh, this is my, my everything. This person is my everything. So the moment they give me like a, the moment they look at me in the wrong way, I'm so offended. Mm. You know, the moment they say something to me, I'm so offended. Or, you know, I, you know, I was always held in a particular position. And the moment that position left and people no longer saw me in a specific way, I'm, oh my gosh, like I'm church hurt. People, are not your everything. Yeah. God is your everything. Amen. You can't expect one person or people to make you happy every single day of your life. It's actually not possible. It's really not possible. Everybody is not your everything. Own the only person who is your everything is God. Amen. And the moment you start to realize that, you know, you no longer look for the acceptance of man, you no longer care about what other people say about you, the more you can live your life to be a little bit more happier. You cannot continue to put everybody you cannot continue to put everybody on this pedestal and give people the room and the power to hurt you. Like giving people the authority and the power to hurt you time and time again is a your is a heart issue. That's a you problem. It's not everybody else's problem. You know, you really have to, I'm not saying that you should be cold and mean and be closed off, but you have to reduce the or lower the position that you have put people in in your life so that they can't have so much power over your emotions anymore. It's really important. Everybody in church is not your mom. <laughs> no, they're not. Everybody's not your grandma. Everybody, your pastor isn't. The, if your and pastor they're also not Jesus. You, yeah. If your pastor offends you, it's like, oh my gosh, how can pastor offend me? Babe, he's a man. We're all fallible. She's a man. She's, he, they're, actually, they're actually made of the same flesh that you are. Flesh, bones, Everything is the same, exactly the same as yours. And when people, there's a difference between when people are operating in the anointing and when they're just normal people. And when they're normal people, they're going to be normal people. That's because they're within the four walls of the church. Does not mean that they're not going to be normal people. Yes, we call ourselves to a higher standard because we're Christians. We've got a different moral compass, but actually, mm-hmm. we're actually just normal people. You know, when we're operating under the anointing, then fine. But if we're not operating under the anointing, then you're going to have to get it together because everybody cannot hurt you. And I'm sorry if you've been hurt. I've been there. I, I went through it. And you have to just suck it up. Actually, can you speak about that? Because you've been through it, but you're still in the church. Yeah. So can you speak to people who maybe have been church hurt and they've just, they've like forsaken the church completely. Can you tell them how you got back into going? Um, so this was when um, I had my son and I was excommunicated from the church girl. No, like I was banned from church for a period of time whilst they were trying to figure out what to do with me because it was like, <laughs> we don't actually know what to do with you because it's not just a regular person. If he was a regular person, then it's like, okay, well, she doesn't really matter that much or he does or whatever. But I had a, I was in a position, um, I was serving God publicly and I got pregnant, which is like, whoop, whoop. So and then you were in a leadership position. Yes, I was in a leadership position. And um, so there was a lot of people in leadership positions um, who are above me. There are people, lots of congregants and other people in the congregation who said some really horrible things to me. And I remember each and every single one of them. 
I, it's nothing that I, I will never ever forget any of the words that were said. I don't hold it in my heart anymore, but I absolutely do remember <laughs> them. Okay. I remember them all. And um, what the only thing that really got me through, yes, was God, but also was realizing that um, when people are upset, they say and do things that they don't, they, they just, they, they're, they're moved, people are moved by emotion. And the people who said whatever they said, they were upset for me. They were disappointed. They were ashamed of me. So they spoke out of emotion and you have to not take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing I can't, there wasn't a magic formula. There wasn't, oh, a mighty revelation. I realized that people were people. Mm-hmm. They're not perfect. And they spoke out of emotion. They were angry. They were disappointed. And they said what they wanted to say. However, they felt like saying it. They didn't care about my feelings or or not. But that's people. Yeah. And I can't I can't kill myself. Yeah. I'm with child. Mm. You know? I can't kill myself. I, I, I refuse to kill myself. I just had to move on. And that's what you have to do. You have to just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and move on. Because you can't give people so much power yeah in your life it's too that's it's damaging serious. yeah exactly. it's so damaging we've seen people committing suicide day in day out we're seeing people who are um de- depressed and have so many um mental illnesses because of the um, words and things that people have done to them please i implore you all to remove and lower the power you give people over your life over your emotions over your mind and over your church attendance yeah that's a, that's a good point our hashtag scripture for today oh no wait first before we do that the speak sponsor this week's sponsor is apostle peter the first leader of the church he's really telling us to get it together because we're really making a mockery of the thing that jesus actually gave him to be in charge of (laughs) so if we can um just shout out apostle peter we're gonna try and get this whole church thing together but really and also jesus is also our our sponsor the head of the church he's looking down at us like you people are shambles we really need to get it together let's all look up instead of looking to the left and to the right look up to god Exactly. Look up to Jesus and realize that Jesus has created the body of Christ for a reason. If he wanted us to be individual islands, he would have made us individual islands. Mm. However, he said we are all individual members of the same body. Yeah. So we have to fellowship. We have to congregate. And it's important. Yeah. And our hashtag scripture for the day is Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Yeah. Amen. Closing prayer. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks, I give you praise, I give you glory, I give you honor, I magnify your name. Father God, I just thank you for the body of Christ. I thank you, Jesus, for being the head of the body of Christ. I thank you for putting us all together. I thank you for your perfect plan and your your perfect will in creating a body that is united together. Father God, I just pray that we continue to fellowship with one another in spirit and in truth. I pray that we all begin to realize how important it is for us to dwell together in unity. I pray that we all continue to remember that it is beneficial to be part of the body, that we long to congregate. Your word says how beautiful and how amazing it is and how how awesome it is to be and dwell amongst brethren, that where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in our midst, that there is benefits, that iron sharpens iron, that we are to praise you in the presence of other people father god those people who have been hurt by others in the church and therefore have absconded and decided and and decided that the church is not for them father god may you heal their broken hearts right now may you mend every wound father god and plaster over it with your love may you may they realize that it's not the church that even though it's the church that has hurt them that it's not you and that you are calling them back to your body that you're calling them back to your heart that you're calling them back to fellowship may we realize jesus today that you are the author and finisher of our faith and that we give you power over all our emotions and our heart and our heart's desires and not other people. May we heal from all our pain and may we realize that there is power and strength in numbers. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Right. So you can find us on Twitter at HT scripture and then at hashtag scripture for Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Anything else you could think of, hashtag scripture. It's only Twitter that we're at HD scripture. And we want to request that you be so kind as to leave us an iTunes review. That would be really helpful. If you're wondering, how can I help this ministry? Hashtag scripture is the best podcast in the world. How can I help them? Then 
just leave us some some like a review on itunes make sure you share the podcast with your friends and family and put it in your whatsapp group and make it a topic of discussion at your next uh, church cell group or whatever you do um come on our instagram follow us comment engage with us don't just sit there pre-in engage let us know what you're thinking if you've got suggestions then come and make them to us we're very open our dms are always open slide mm-hmm. in the dms do the cha-cha slide into our in DMs, dms okay mm-hmm. um also we have a wednesday live um q a on instagram so join us where we talk about the current week's topic um, so you can join us there if you have something to say or you disagreed with us or you agreed with us and you just want to show us love or you want to talk about it, you got questions, come and join us on the live. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. to say. Oh, and Patreon, sorry. If you're interested in um, monetarily supporting us, we'd be very grateful. Um, you can go to www.patreon.com no, forward slash hashtag scripture and you can support us at any amount per month but the gifts and the rewards that we have to offer such as discounts or merch and tickets um and extra content that starts at five pounds no five dollars a month which is like three pound eighty four pounds obviously when brexit comes it will be like twenty hundred pounds twenty hundred million gazillion pounds but at the moment it's it's so it's even better for you to start now exactly start now whilst the the exchange rate is where it is you know plantain is still two for one pound not wow. three for one pound anymore because that changed a long time ago thank yep. you guys thanks so much guys bye we love you